0: Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn-related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus. With the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, October 31st. I'm Rob Litterst here, are Sarah Friedman and Ben Berkeley, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. have a lot to talk about on this Halloween. Happy Halloween and happy trick-or-treating, by the way. If you recently finished reading a list about the hottest new restaurants in your city only to find that you can't get a restaurant at a single one, you're not alone. And it's because someone or something is already booked up. Just like in-demand concert tickets, restaurant reservations are getting snatched up instantly by bots as soon as they're posted. The people operating those bots then look to turn a profit on a growing number of reservation resale sites. It's a trend we'll talk about more in a moment, but first, let's catch up on everything else that's making headlines in the world of business and tech. First up, General Motors has a tentative agreement with the United Auto Workers Union, likely ending a costly six-week strike. GM's deal closely mirrors the Ford and Stellantis deals that offer employees 25% raises over the life of the contract. Meta introduced ad-free Facebook and Instagram subscriptions to European users in response to increasing EU data regulations. The subscriptions will begin in November and start at $10.57 a month. Ben, what's going on with Meta here?
2: Oh, you know, just finding yet another way to monetize all of us, which is kind of just a trend across social media at this point. We also yesterday had a Twitter slash X, we need to just decide what we're going to call it on this thing. So annoying. We'll get there. But they just introduced similarly a new ad-free subscription tier. I think that one's called Premium Plus. But that will not only give you the ability to turn off ads, it'll also, it seems like, boost the visibility of your replies on the platform as well. Interesting. Whereas Meta's is priced at just under $11 per month, Twitter's is 16 per month. So either way, all of us are just in a really <laughs> great spot. We have the option of paying to remove the junk that we don't want in order to just have full access to all the junk that we do want.
1: Honestly, the one that I have come the closest, I think, to pulling the trigger on is YouTube. YouTube's premium subscription that gets rid of ads. But I just don't use it enough. If there is one app where I would pay to get rid of ads, it's mm-hmm. ESPN+. If you want to watch any video on ESPN plus, it could be a 10 second highlight video. You have to watch a 30 second ad. And then before you go to the next 10 second highlight video, you have to watch another 30 second ad. It is insane. And it makes me really concerned for the prospect of Disney's financial numbers since they're really not great right now. And they're already over monetizing like this. It's pretty pathetic. Rant over. McDonald's beat expectations in Q3 with revenue rising 14% to $6.7 billion and global same-store sales growing 8.8%. The chain cited price hikes and marketing campaigns among reasons for the growth. OpenAI is rolling out new beta features for ChatGPT Plus members, including the ability to upload and analyze PDFs or data files. 23andMe will grant drugmaker GSK access to 80% of its users' anonymized DNA data The deal is a boon for GSK's researchers, but this is not altruistic. In exchange for the boatload of genetic data, 23andMe will get $20 million. Magic Johnson, the former NBA star and investor, is now a billionaire. Johnson is worth an estimated $1.2 billion with his majority ownership and insurance company Equitrust, responsible for much of his wealth. And lastly, Kim Kardashian Skims is now the official underwear partner of the NBA, WNBA, and USA Basketball. The brand, which was recently valued at $4 billion, introduced its first men's collection this month, starring NBA all-star Shai Gilgis Alexander.
2: I would say it shouldn't matter who is the official underwear partner of the NBA, but also let's keep in mind how many Hanes Michael Jordan has sold in his time.
1: This is a good move by Skims. I'm really interested to see what happens here. I think like the most excited I've seen men get about underwear is me undies. And mainly that's just podcasters yeah, (laughs) just talking about how exciting they are and how great they are. I don't know. Maybe Kim Kardashian is going to create a little category here and get people excited about it. I wouldn't bet against her. Okay, so the main story today, we're going to talk about restaurant reservations. And I do have a recent experience that I think really touches on this topic. So it's a special birthday for my dad. My brothers and I decided we're going to take him down to Florida. We're going to go golfing and we're going to go to this steakhouse in Tampa that's super popular, right? They book 60 days out. People talk about how it's just like this crazy dining experience. I called the restaurant probably four months ago and tried to get a reservation. But like I said, they book 60 days out. So The woman on the phone told me, don't worry about getting on early at midnight or anything like that. Like There should be reservations for you. You should be good. So come October 9th, which is 60 days before our reservation, I log into the site and I try to make this reservation and there's literally no times available. And I'm just freaking out because this is kind of the linchpin of our entire trip for my dad's birthday. And so luckily, I called a few hours later and spoke to somebody who' was kind of a reservation specialist, and she somehow finagled a way for us to get a reservation at 9 thirty pm. which is very, very late for dinner, but I think it'll work for us. It's gonna be fine. But it seems to be part of this trend that you wrote about, Sarah, where it's becoming impossible to book a reservation at any good restaurant. And I'm curious, after doing your digging, what the heck is going on here? Like why is it so hard to get a reservation at good restaurants?
3: Yeah, I think unfortunately that experience is very common these days. And a lot of the time it is not people who are stealing the reservations from you or it is, but they're the operators of bots that they've built Uh to sweep up these reservations as soon as they're posted. So as you said, a lot of restaurants will say which day of the week or what time that they post all of their reservations, and people will program bots to immediately book up all of them the same way. We've seen this happen with concert tickets, and we're familiar with this practice elsewhere. And unfortunately, it's now coming for restaurants as well.
1: It feels like food has taken such a central place in everybody's life, especially in cities where... People get so excited about going to restaurants now. I don't know, maybe the pandemic did something where it just creates this kind of sense of novelty where it's (laughs) like you're actually getting out of the house. I mean, you look at documentaries like Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and then I think those same guys that did that documentary did Chef's Table. You look at a series like The Bear. I feel like interest in fine dining and food in general is just at an all-time high, which makes something like this actually possible. Are these bot users and aggregators are are they actually making money on this?
3: Yeah, I mean I think everything you just said is spot on. I think post-pandemic people are spending money on experiences and they want to get out of the house. But also, especially in major cities, these dinner reservations have like a status element. It's very tied to being in the right place and letting everyone know totally. that you went to the right restaurant. But yeah, to your question, there are sites that are making quite a lot of money. There's one called Appointment Trader. So users buy and sell restaurants. Reservations and the site takes a 20 to 30 percent cut of the sale price. And it said that $4.3 million in reservations have been sold on the marketplace in the last year. That's insane. Yeah, we know this is happening, but looking at the numbers is like kind of mind blowing. And as I was looking into this, there's another site called Sita and I looked, there's a Saturday night reservation for two people at an Indian restaurant downtown in New York City, which has great reviews and is new and is trendy. But I mean, to be fair, it's not like an institution or anything too crazy. And the reservation was listed for $480. This is just to get in the door. So it's yeah, pretty fast Yeah, that's before you order. Yeah.
1: Ben, are you paying $480 to get in the door?
2: I'm not paying $400 after I'm in the door. (laughs) So no, though I'm sure it's very good. And now Indian food sounds excellent, but this feels bad for restaurants. You know, I feel like it just looks bad even if they're not part of this. I guess you feel like you probably have a lot of people who are then no showing. So what's going on? Like how are restaurants fighting back on this?
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, unfortunately it's, lose-lose for everyone except for the people operating these bots because we don't get to go to these restaurants, which stinks. But also, as you said, the restaurants are ending up with empty tables. And even when you have to put down a credit card for these reservations, bots fill it in with credit cards that bounce. So they're losing money in the process. So, to combat this, there are some services that work with the restaurants. There's one called Dorsha, and there's a minimum spend to book reservations. And that actually goes towards your bill. So this to me feels like the direction that we will likely be moving because restaurants have to figure out a way to have paying customers and not be left with tables last minute and be able to vet that there are humans booking reservations. So I think a site like this that requires a minimum, which then goes to your bill, will become more common in the future.
1: Yeah, that does seem like a model that could make a lot of sense. And I mean, I think any way you slice it, historically, restaurants are usually like one of the more challenging businesses that you can possibly run. So in this case, with an app like Dorsey, if they're helping them get a cut, that does actually seem like something that could kind of change the game for fine dining restaurants.
3: I think this is just kind of the next iteration of restaurants figuring out how, as you said, they can meet their bottom lines. So I think perhaps those fees will just shift to when you're booking to make sure it is a human with a valid credit card who will actually be coming in.
1: What's interesting that you pointed out in your article too, Sarah, is that American Express has this resi Global dining access benefit that gives card owners access to exclusive reservations. And I've already started to notice that there's almost like this little bifurcation in like the open table, resi and some of these other apps. there are these kind of tribes get being set up, it seems like with the reservation apps. I don't know if they're trying to kind of align themselves with a certain type of lifestyle or a certain type of consumer, but it's super super interesting to think about this trend in light of that and like what these reservation apps might be able to do downstream. If there are these opportunities to kind of create a marketplace almost to drive demand to these different fine dining restaurants.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like all of this, if nothing else, just shows us the demand is there. People are quite literally willing to pay big time to even get in the door of some of these places. So I feel like there's a lot that companies could do with that desire and with how much people are willing to spend just for like the experience of some of these restaurants.
2: Yeah. I would just note that the real way to combat this, and this is me throwing this down on Halloween of all days, just don't leave the house at night and just go to bed at like eight o'clock and you don't have these problems at all. So, you know, that's just another option to fix this, but I don't know if that's going to be the most popular (laughs) option to fix this.
1: All right. That is going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at the hustle.co slash email. Have a happy Halloween and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, creator science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist, and Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout because (laughs) – you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts. And I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.